1: Hello and welcome to Feminism Ruins Everything Live. This is our first live show, so please give it up for Star Theatre and Back to Back Festival and Malcolm (laughs) Haslett. We want to acknowledge tonight that we are on Ghana country. We would like to extend um, our acknowledgments to any Ghana or Aboriginal elders here with us this evening and acknowledge that sovereignty of this land was never ceded. Please take as many photos, videos uh, as you would like this evening. We'd love you to plaster them all over social media and tag our various accounts.
2: Also heckle us. Anything, any jokes (laughs) that you make that are funny will make it onto the podcast, but please don't be funnier than us. We're very self-conscious.
1: Now please welcome to the stage your hosts, Millicent Saar and Ellis Dolan! (laughs) Hello! Thank you so much to those um, lovely announcers for, oh, that, wow. for that really so lovely kind. introduction. Very really kind. appreciated it. Yeah. Um, hi, guys. We are so stoked that you are here. Welcome to our first ever live podcast recording. Thank you so much for coming. This is like a new and exciting medium for us. So um, thank you for uh, giving it a shot with us. We're going to yeah. see how it goes. Podcasts
2: in 3D. It's the new thing.
1: Very exciting. So... Okay. Oh. No, no, you you please.
2: This is the kind of thing that we would usually edit out, but we cannot do this in a live setting, so (laughs) who knows what's going to happen. Usually...
1: But But you guys get the privilege of hearing the bloopers as they happen, and then when you listen back to it, you'll go... I was there. I know that they mucked that bit up.
2: I remember when.
1: Yeah. Those of you who are avid listeners of the podcast would know that we normally start the show with a bit of a theme song. Uh, And we haven't done that yet, so we're going to sing it live.
2: Because we are podcasting live.
1: Yeah. Uh, But we're going to do it with a bit of a twist. Uh, Normally when we have a guest on the show, they say our catchphrase, which is...
2: It's, it's a Feminist, a feminist Podcast.
1: podcast. Um, is the catchphrase there to make sure that people don't take our, our title literally and don't think that it's an anti-feminist podcast? Yes, Absolutely. Yes, yes, Yes. Uh, but, you know, we're just, like, setting the expectations early on. Uh, so when we have guests on, they normally say the catchphrase in the, uh, in the theme song. So tonight you guys are going to do that.
2: Because you are our guests.
1: Uh, so before we, before we get into the song, can we please hear you say, It's a Feminist Podcast. It's a feminist podcast. Naturally. You guys practiced at you. home, didn't you? We love that. you right. amazing. Let's make it happen. All right. Feminism, 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 feminism ruins everything.
2: It's a feminist podcast. Ah! that was Brilliant. divine couldn't You're have asked for anything better
1: give yourselves a round Amazing. of applause that was awesome uh, so in that uh lovely little rendition of our catchphrase you would have heard the lovely luke who is uh on lighting and sound tonight give it up for luke up there
0: Luke. Hello.
2: hello everybody
1: and um luke will be performing two very special roles this evening uh you know other than lighting and sound um Luke's major role this evening is going to be giving us a, uh, a timestamp when we've got 10 minutes left so that we know that we can wrap up the discussion. So when you see this uh, lighting cue, we're going to know that we're going to have to wrap it up. Just trying to um, keep it subtle. Yeah, yeah. very, very Thank subtle, you. absolutely. Thank uh, you. But Luke's other role, probably more importantly, is the fact that he's a square on Feminism Ruins Everything Bingo.
2: What's feminism ruins everything? Bingo, Mim.
1: Well, folks... To, uh, you know, to make your listening experience a little more exciting, uh, you can play along with the bingo cards that you have in front of us for uh, some of the uh, some of the tropes that you will uh, see and uh, hear scattered throughout most of our episodes. Uh, so if you get a bingo, if you fill in, like, a horizontal or a vertical square on your bingo card, even diagonal, we'll accept diagonal, uh, you will be the lucky winner of this uh, fun... Uh, Find prize
2: that we have for, in front of us for the people at home, uh, <laughs> because this is an audio medium. This is a bona fide, 100% genuine. Feminism ruins everything. Queen Elsa doll that we yeah. got from Coles.
1: Yes, it's and a. It can it's a, be yours. It's a Barbie knockoff. It's it's a little bit dodgy, but uh, somebody will be going home very happy. So if you get um, a line on your feminism ruins everything bingo card, um, you know it's a bit self-explanatory. But you are going to yell. amazing with a bit more enthusiasm but that would be great thank you Uh, so play along as we go throughout if no one has one Queen Elsa by the end we're probably just going to give a shout and go what do you need and we'll just
2: (laughs) (laughs) say what (laughs) we don't want to take it home so please somebody win bingo
1: take this off our hands please
2: All right, we thought we'd just do a quick little poll. So, uh, this is an audio medium, so please, uh, instead of raising hands, could you just do, like, a shout-out? Who here uh, likes Frozen? Incredible. Awesome.
1: Um, I'm happy that you're here to hear us talking about Frozen. Um, Is anyone here um, an avid listener of the feminist podcast, Feminism Ruins Everything?
2: Silence from that corner over there. Mm. Uh, who here is an avid supporter of feminism in general?
1: We're really stacking our audiences here, you know? We're getting, getting the audience on site. We've got a, um, we a niche. Who here has, um, has forfeited seeing the AFL Grand Final this evening to be here? Woo-hoo! Thank you guys so much. There
2: was Appreciate more of a cr- your priorities. There was more of a cross-section there than I expected. Mm, yeah. Mm.
1: Um, Ella, should we get into it? Let's get into Let's it. Let's get into the feminist discussion about right. Frozen. I'm just going to uh, pour myself
2: some water here. In a, Oh, no, Elsa, I'm sorry. Uh, in our 100% genuine Frozen mugs, these are mine, and I love them.
1: <laughs> um, something that you guys aren't necessarily privy to because it's an audio medium is that usually when we're recording, we are drinking out of these Frozen mugs. Uh, similarly... You won't know this, but normally we do actually have notes in front of us um, about the structure of the podcast, uh, and you wouldn't know that because if you were listening to us ramble and all the tangents that we go on, that wouldn't be clear. Uh, but if you were wondering uh, what, what these uh, pieces of paper were, that's, that's what that is.
2: This is what you've paid for. <laughs> you, you voluntarily came to this. <laughs> like, we, we had to be here.
1: <laughs> anyway. So... Frozen 2013. Ellis, do you want to give us your uh, background, experience, uh, and your relationship with this film? Gladly.
2: Um, I I love Frozen. Frozen's great. Uh,
1: (laughs) Siri wanted to weigh in on the discussion.
2: Well, Siri. Well, Siri, I will tell you exactly why I love Frozen. Uh, when, when Frozen came out, that was kind of the year that I decided I wasn't going to buy Christmas presents anymore. I'm not a Christmas person, and I just decided, you know what? Instead of buying Christmas presents, I'm going to take everybody to the movies. And that, that's what I did. And I'm, I, I said to my, uh, my partner's family at the time, like, hey, I'm going to go to see Frozen on Boxing Day. If you want to come, I will pay for the whole thing. Come join me. I went. I loved it. They weren't too fussed. They were just a bit like, oh, okay. Is that what we spent our boxing day doing? And I'm like, you're all objectively wrong.
1: And sorry, sorry, this is your ex-girlfriend's family? We are
2: no longer together, Mm. no.
1: Yeah, that that explains a lot, yeah. Um, So my experience with Frozen is a little bit different because when I first saw it, it was like, it had been super, super hyped. Like, everyone was like, Frozen is incredible. And um, I was living in the States at the time in, like, a, a little, like, college town and so it was like everyone went out to see Frozen one night at the only cinema in in the town and it had just this huge hype around it and I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would because it didn't like live up to the hype for me but watching it back a couple of days ago like preparing to to record an episode on it and watching it with a feminist lens I was like Frozen's incredible Frozen is a masterpiece.
2: It's really feminist, like, right off the bat.
1: And the weird thing is that usually when I go back and watch something that um, I have previously seen and watch it with a feminist lens, it makes it worse for me, which is, you know, why we call it feminism ruins everything. We Um, don't like a
2: lot of things. mm,
1: So the fact that I actually enjoyed it more because I was looking for the feminist merit in it, I think really says... Something about this film. If you have "We Ruin It" as a square on your bingo card, I'm really sorry, but I'm not sure you'll be getting that one this Spoilers. evening.
2: Spoiler alert! On, t- like, let's keep some modicum of suspense going, mm. please. Um, I, I, I think I think part of the reason that uh, it works so well uh, from a feminist perspective, or oh, there are a number of reasons, but I think one of it is the uh, the writer is uh, Jennifer Lee, mm-hmm. and she was also one of the directors of it. And so, obviously, having a, a female voice going into the the story helps uh, ground it in some semblance of feminism or, or equality mm-hmm. um, in a way that previous Disney films especially I don't think uh, necessarily did. And I think uh, Frozen did that partially by like setting up one of Disney's most famous tropes, which is that you gaze at somebody across the room and instantly fall in love with them and then you take a magic carpet ride and you're married Mm. and and that's happily ever Mm -hmm. after. Yeah, one song. Yeah. That's all it
1: takes. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that probably for me the biggest feminist takeaway from this film is the fact that they're very much critiquing and going against this precedent that the Disney canon has set up which is like, you meet someone, you're instantly in love, that's it, that's forever. And literally one of the um, the first reactions to um, a storyline like that taking place in Frozen, um, which happens between Anna and Hans, is the fact that they go to get Elsa's blessing and she says, you can't just marry a man you've just met, which um, is, like, I'm going to say, probably the first time those words have ever been said <laughs> in a Disney film.
2: They've never really drawn attention to it before because that's no. kind of part of what Disney's built on, is this fairy tale idea of... of Everything, including love, and to have this film kind of have a realistic approach to it is very refreshing.
1: Mm. And I think the cool thing is that it's it's critiqued and it's questioned on quite a few different levels. Like, obviously, you have Elsa objecting to it immediately, but then also when Anna meets Kristoff, um, his immediate response is also one that is, like, sceptical about that choice. And then by virtue of the storyline playing out and the fact that you see that the man that she has fallen in love with and decided to marry the day that she meets him, um, actually turns out to be a bad guy and double-cross her, Mm. um, we see it critiqued through the storyline as well, and that's really cool.
2: The film sets uh, Anna up as a character where it's very believable that she would fall in love with somebody the moment she... Uh, mm. she meets them yeah, she's uh, she's established very early on she's very isolated her uh, her closest relationship with her sister uh, you know has been cut off they don't let anybody into the palace so the the first instance she's like oh I could go out and meet somebody <gasps> I could go out and meet the love of my life <gasps> they will take me away from this castle prison mm. it makes complete sense that she actually does that and then over the course of the film we see her grow and kind of develop an understanding of what relationships and love actually are
1: yeah and i think that really speaks to the fact that if you are um just really desperately looking for a relationship for somebody to to love you to be your other half um and you um want that above anything else you're going to lower your (laughs) standards and you're going to settle (laughs) uh so i think that it's also a good takeaway to recognize that um knowing your self-worth and and setting your standards high is going to mean that you are able to forge a relationship with somebody and not just fall in love with the first person that you bump into literally
2: mm-hmm. and also uh, uh, we will will we're gonna dissect the uh, Anna and Elsa further on in in tonight's show but uh, But I don't think, I think the wonderful thing about this is that it doesn't detract from Anna's character whatsoever. She's no less uh, strong or unique or or independent because of her naivety. Mm. It kind of adds to this well rounded character.
1: 100%. Yeah, I think that it's more so like a product of her circumstance than a reflection on her character.
2: There's also, like, no bigger way to kind of make that point than have the the person that you fall in love with be actively trying to kill you. Mm. Yeah. Which definitely helps kind of hammer in that message of, like, maybe go on a couple of dates before getting hitched. They might try to kill you.
1: Yeah. I really Something I do really appreciate about Disney films is that when they do choose to make a point, it's very blatant. Because they're like, <laughs> this, is, this is for children. We need to get this across. There is, there is going to be no subtlety in the way in which we present this point of view. But
2: here we are, two adults who just absolutely adored watching this film. So they're, they're, they're clearly doing something right, making things that are accessible to, to all kinds of age groups.
1: I think you will find it as actually a room full of adults who enjoy... <laughs> Oh, I forgot th- you guys were here for
2: a <laughs> second. I was just like, oh, my apartment looks different.
1: So, moral of the story: the um, one of the I think the, the biggest feminist merits of this film is the fact that it critiques um, this this trope that Disney have set up about falling for somebody instantly and that being your forever. And um, I, I think it's a really solid thing to be critiquing and to um, to be trying to forge a new path in the disney canon um to to make that point um but all the same songs that are like we're gonna sing this and now we're instantly in love the songs that they write to make that happen are absolute bops
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're they're real good and, like, you, you kind of... I, I think that's, that's kind of what Frozen does. It sucks you into thinking that this is the narrative that's going to play out. And you're kind of okay with it because mm. the song is just really freaking good.
1: Mm, mm. Um, speaking of the song, Ellis, um, can I just... Can I just say something crazy?
2: <laughs> I love crazy. What, what are you doing with that piano, Mim?
1: I just um, it just happened to be here. I just, I just stumbled upon it.
2: Wella, <laughs> wella, wella.
1: Been a series of doors in my face, then suddenly I bump into you.
2: I've been thinking the same thing because, like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. Maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue, but with you, but with you, I found my place. I see your face,
1: it's it's nothing like I've ever known
2: before. Love is an open
1: door. Love is an open door. Love, Love is, is an open, open door with you. With you. With you. With you. Love, Love is an
2: open door. Hey, Mim. Yes, Alice. Can we do a keychain? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was going to say. I never met someone who thinks so much like me. Jinx. James again our mental synchronization can have but the one, one explanation.
1: explanation you and I were just, just meant, meant to, be. to be say goodbye say goodbye to the pain of the past we don't have to feel it anymore love's an open door love's an open door. door love could be so much
2: more, more with you,
1: with you, with you, Love
2: is an open, open door. Hey, Mim, can I you, say something crazy?
1: <laughs> sure,
2: you, you, think that it's possible and believable for hmm. two people to meet, like one person and another person, for example. That
1: that typically tends to be the definition of two people, yes. Yeah.
2: They can meet and sing a really catchy two and a half minute pop song.
1: Like a song like sort of similar to this one? Like vaguely, up. yeah. Yeah, sure.
2: And just like ride off into the sunset and that, that's happily ever after and that's love.
1: Can I say something even crazier? Absolutely not. <laughs> Thank you for indulging us. <laughs>
2: Hey, uh, yeah, this is Luke. Um, Hi, Luke. We had that problem again where the guitar just didn't get phantom power and I had to re-plug it in. Oh, oh that's so, so weird. I yeah, uh, hope you enjoyed that little pop. I, I did. Mean, I really did. It, it added an extra uh, zest. Yeah. Yeah. We
1: actually set that one up, guys, so that Luke could interject, so that whoever had Luke speaks over the loudspeaker <laughs> could get that on their feminism ruins everything bingo. You are welcome. <laughs> yes,
2: it's all. Is, it's a well-oiled machine, that was people. On purpose. <laughs> What mug are you drinking from, from my exquisite Frozen collection?
1: Um, I am drinking from the Anna mug. Um, I've, I've tried to dress, like, colour-coordinated with Anna for, for the listeners who are uh, not in the room. I'm in sort of a sort of one-piece maroon number. Um, I look fantastic. Uh, Actually, I, I mean, I just want you to visualise that.
2: Uh, speaking of what people are wearing, you all look amazing. I love, I love that you all came in costume. It's so elegant. Yeah. I, I, lo- I hope you enjoy our really expensive set. Absolutely.
1: I can't believe that 4,000 of you came. Oh, I, it's
2: incredible. Wow. It's brilliant. It's an audio-only format. They don't know. But deceiving the listeners. <laughs> Um t- tell us about uh, Anna, Mim.
1: Well, um, Anna's a feminist icon. Um, I think that one part of Frozen that I really appreciate is the fact that it has two female leads who are both strong, who are both independent, who, um, who both have a lot of autonomy, um, but who are both so different. Um, and I think it's, it's nice to see the, the diversity of, um, of personality but also see that strength comes in different forms and in, um, yeah, in different characteristics. Um, Anna is, like, 100% the Disney princess that I relate to the most strongly. I think, that <laughs> I, think I actually said that on our, like, first ever um, episode when we were oh just have, getting yeah. doing our Getting to Know You episode. Um, and now
2: everyone knows us so well.
1: Mm, absolutely, um, I love Anna because even though she is a princess and uh, has kind of, I suppose, expectations about her appearance and about her demeanor and the way that she interacts with the world, um, she absolutely throws out, um, at least in her presentation in the film, uh, you know, ideas of what it is to be ladylike, ideas of what it is to. Um, be um, submissive, I guess. Um, I really love the fact that one of the first times that you see her as an adult in the film, she, like, wakes up on Coronation Day and she has, like, spit down her face (laughs) and her hair is, like, up here. Mm. And um, if anyone in this room, because many of you are my close friends that I... um, asked to come tonight um have ever received um a snapchat from me first thing in the morning that's absolutely what I look like um the the hair especially just at uh, terrifying volumes um but yeah I I really appreciate that she is dorky that she is um, a bit of a klutz and that that is portrayed as being endearing and not um, not a slight on her um, and also I love the fact that she is so independent and so strong willed and has every faith in herself that she has the capacity to do um, what she needs to do to like to save her country to, um, to go after her sister and help her sister like she um, has this undying belief in herself and in her capability and I think that makes her an incredible role model for girls watching this film
2: there's a wonderful moment uh, when she first meets Kristoff and she's like, hey, I want you to take me up the mountain uh, because it's it's a storm and you know what you're doing. Mm. And he's like, okay, we'll leave in the morning. And she's like, no, 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 we're leaving now. And is very much like, she, she's in a position where she is not used to being, uh, having to be that kind of assertive in a life or death scenario, but she she takes it. And even though it seems scary, she still goes for it, which is so admirable. And then again, in the, in the wolf chase scene, mm. she's the one that's saving him. Uh, but that, but they're also like mutually helping each other, like she knows when she needs help, yeah, and she's not afraid to ask for it. Mm. One thing that I love about uh Anna is how much physical comedy there is mm-hmm. in her character that which i don't think you see a lot with the disney princesses they're always kind of like very graceful and and elegant or 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 uh, a third adjective, and <laughs> <laughs> and um. Hi, I've got a creative writing degree. (laughs) Uh, Four years, Flinders University. Yes, thank you. No, stop it, stop it, no, stop it. But in contrast, you have uh, Anna who wakes up and her hair's everywhere. Uh, she like falls down a snowy uh, hill into a creek and her skirt gets frozen and she can't walk properly. It's all like really, really funny stuff. Her trying to climb the mountain at the end and Kristoff is like, <laughs> y- you're gonna kill yourself. And she's like, no, 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 I've got this. And she ends up like climbing like a meter high or something mm. like that.
1: I think that's the point at which I was like, oh, that's me. Which is you. <laughs> like not being able to accept my limitations like no i've got this i've got this and yeah
2: <laughs> but i think my favorite quality about anna is that at no point does she not stand up for her sister mm. like she is so supportive and so there for her especially when everybody finds out that elsa has magical powers and calls her a monster and stuff oh yeah anna's just like "No, no 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 she's she's not a monster she's my sister I'll go talk to her, she'd never hurt me, it's it's all gonna be okay. Uh, not once is her belief and support in her sister wavering.
1: 100%. I think also, as a little bit of a side note, um, there are so many moments where people are like, writing Elsa off as a witch, and oh, it's sorcery and witchcraft. And I think it's a nice little uh, nod to, um, you know, feminism of of eras gone by where, you know, some of the first instances of um, the persecution of women was for people exhibiting quote-unquote witchcraft. Um, s- are, are people reclaiming witch at the moment? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any witches in the house?
2: <laughs> they're, all, they're, <laughs> they're all way up the back. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Something else that I really appreciate about Anna is the fact that there are a number of occasions where people either underestimate her or men specifically um, underestimate her or want to kind of go in and bat for her and she won't let other people fight her battles for her. Mm. Um, So... The, the two instances that I can, that I kind of am drawn to are the fact that uh, the first time round when Elsa has turned everything to snow and has fled, um, I think that, that Hans is sort of like, oh, I'll come with you to find her, we'll find her together. And she goes, no, no, this is something that I need to do by myself. I need you to stay here and look after the town. Girl can delegate. Like, <laughs> I, I need some of that in my life. Um, but also the fact that when Hans actually turns out to be a backstabbing douchebag.
2: That's the technical term. Yeah, right?
1: the technical term. Is
2: douchebag a swear word? <laughs> are there any kids in the house? Are there, are there, is there anybody under 18 in the house? Oh, thank... Let it go. Fuck for that.
1: Well, he just said... Let it go.
2: I did just say... F- Let it go. Fuck, Josh.
1: Bingo! (laughs) We have a winner. um, Friend of the podcast, Josh Belperio, everybody. I swear it wasn't rigged. If you didn't Uh, think
2: it was rigged before, here you are, Josh. Enjoy (laughs) Queen Elsa. Congratulations. Amazing. Josh Belperio, everybody. Congratulations.
1: Uh, Listen to our back catalogue, and uh, if you listen back to our Rent episode, you will find uh, Josh as a guest on that episode. Um, But also, keep continue playing Bingo, everybody, because... uh,
2: I'm I'm curious how many tropes we have. Yeah, as am I. We just do normally. As am I.
1: We'll do like um, second and third prize and. Um,
0: oh, it's bingo! Then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh And you can get um, a well done. Congratulations, Luke. Well C- done.
2: Congratulations. Wait, who who got bingo? <laughs> oh, I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
0: I thought. All deep voices are the same. <laughs> yeah. Hi, hi, Blake. <laughs> hey.
2: How you doing, Blake?
1: <laughs> All right. You I'm getting- didn't he- recognize I thought your it was Luke breath. over the
2: loudspeaker. <laughs> Blake is not that loud. <laughs>
1: no, he is. <laughs> um I'm sorry, gonna be hearing sorry. about that later. Okay, good. <laughs> um, congratulations, Blake, to for being the runner-up of, of Bingo. So, Hans, the backstabbing douchebag. Uh, we get to this moment towards the end of the film where um Anna has appreciated what he's done, the fact that he has like Essentially, actually left her for dead and has manipulated her from the get-go. And she uh, has realised she has a moment to confront him. Kristoff kind of wants to get in there and deck him. And she's like, no, 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 I got this. And she's the one that um, goes and, like, gets her comeuppance against him, which is which is awesome. I appreciate the fact that she... Fights her own battles rather than lets other people go into battle for her.
2: I, I also like that she gets to do uh, she gets her cake and eat no she has her cake and eats it too. By she like tells him off verbally uh, and then punches him in the face. Mm. And, like she has it both ways. And, uh, yeah. And, you know you can. I mean you we can do it all. We
1: don't necessarily condone violence, but when somebody manipulates you into falling in love with them and wanting to marry you. And then leaves you to die? I feel like that's and maybe an to exception to the rule. And tries to kill your sister.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you can punch that person in the face.
1: That's That seems like a proportionate response. I think so. Yeah, 100%. Um, speaking of sisters, um, I really love the fact that one of the main takeaways from this film is the fact that the love between two sisters is... And, and an act that demonstrates that is what is um, considered to be an act of true love. Um, I, I love the fact that, again, we're kind of moving away from a Disney trope that has been set up. Like, you know, um, true love's kiss is going to be the, the great act that, that solves everything and reverses all evil, yada, H- yada, Heteronormativity
2: yada. solves everything, apparently. <laughs>
1: Heteronormativity solves everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's um,
2: heterotendent, no, I'm not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I I appreciate the fact <laughs> that um, that's kind of flipped on its head here because you know when we find out that Anna has ice in her heart, and it's only going to take an act of true love to reverse that, everyone's mind goes to, oh, we've got to find Hans, the man you're going to marry, or we've got to go find Christoph, because you've actually realised retrospectively that you're actually in love with him.
2: The man you've known for two days ah, instead of one. look yeah. out. That's the magic formula. Mm. But in the end, uh, it's it's only when uh, Anna sacrifices herself in an attempt to save Elsa, who. Hans is trying to stab. He doesn't do a lot of very nice things in this film. No. Um, but backstabbing douchebag. Exactly. Uh, literally. And um, <coughs> a- Anna jumps in the way, and uh, it's that act of true love that actually breaks the spell. Which I think is is such a an important lesson for a company such as Disney who have made their their name and their their kind of brand on this idea of like true love being between a man and a woman, mm. and they kiss and they fly off on the magic carpet. Um, to, to break that cycle and to kind of have something else be the, the act of true love is... Like, it feels like it shouldn't be phenomenal or groundbreaking, but for Disney, it kind of was. Mm. Like, that said, they had addressed um, sisterly love and that relationship in Lilo and Stitch, which uh, neither of us aren't terribly familiar with that one. We saw it like years ago and we'll probably cover it further on in the podcast. Uh, So I know Disney did something like that then, but Lilo and Stitch was nowhere near the tent uh, tent pole production that Frozen was. Yeah, am
1: I right in thinking that Frozen is Disney's most successful film of all time? Surely? I'm gonna fact check that later, but I'm gonna make that bold claim right now.
2: Well, I mean, uh, it's so successful that uh, Elsa and Anna don't count as official Disney princesses because they were too successful. So I think that's. And if something. that's not
1: patriarchy, I don't know what is. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, we have to exclude you as a woman because you're too successful. You're doing too um, well for yourself. <laughs> we cut down the successful women anyway. Um, something that you mentioned when we were kind of planning for this episode, Ellis, is the fact that um, you appreciate an act of like sacrifice and um, honor. Like, literally sacrificing her life to save her sister as the act of true love, significantly more so than true love's kiss.
2: And yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm still trying to figure out how to put it in the right order of words to make sense.
1: Well, I think um, something yes. that Olaf says in the film um, is really insightful and I think kind of puts this in a nice light. The fact that he says um, love is... Putting somebody else's needs before your own, mm. and you know when you kiss someone, like sh- sure, it's ho- hopefully enjoyable for them as well. Um, but at the same time, like it's a it's a mutually beneficial exchange. Whereas if yeah. you genuinely sacrifice yourself for somebody, like it's a um, it's very much an act of putting their needs before yours. And I think that that's um, it's a much bolder act of love than. Mm just a moment of of intimacy. I
2: I also think that it gives Anna a lot of agency. Like, a kiss is kind of something that can happen to someone, Mm. but, like, sacrificing yourself.
1: Especially when in Disney a lot of people are, like, unconscious while kissed, which is, like, a real problem of of, of consent. Um, Something else that I love about Frozen is the fact that when you do eventually see... Anna and Kristoff kiss, he asks for consent. He literally says, may I kiss you?
2: It's it's so adorable and so wholesome. And I, 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 I kind of wish that we were also talking about Frozen 2 because Frozen 2 is a really good example of Kristoff's uh, positive masculinity, mm. which doesn't really shine through as much in this film. I think it's still there, but not enough to, to warrant discussing on length. But that moment of him just going, hey, I would really like to kiss you, may I, mm. is so different to, to what we see uh, not only in Disney but in heaps of romantic movies where it's it's supposedly romantic to just grab somebody and kiss them and and, and not ask. But mm. the, the fact that he asks is yeah. so oh, it's And it's also so, so, so
1: nice. cool because this film is so popular and there are so many kids that will have grown up seeing it. Seeing um, a character in a movie with like characters that they idolise... Um, setting that precedent and demonstrating that behaviour of asking to kiss somebody, you know, um, just normalises it and I think that's so important in, in mainstream media to see um, instances of consent like this normalised um, to, especially to younger generations.
2: And this kind of brings me to one of my very few and, and arguably minor criticisms about the movie. Don't boo. Um <laughs> Which uh, is the song fixer upper,
1: mm-hmm. like an absolute bob.
2: Like it's ca- it's very catchy. Yeah. Um, but uh, in in that sequence, Kristoff uh, takes Anna to uh, to his family, the trolls, and they go, Oh, Kristoff's brought a woman home. Obviously, they're together, and they should get married and everything like that. And they kind of like Anna is there going, No, 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 no. I'm I'm engaged to somebody else. And they completely steamroll her <laughs> and don't listen to her and end up kind of setting up this wedding. And it's only when she asks, hold on, what's actually going on, that they're like, oh, you're getting married, clearly. Mm. And it stands out uh, because of everything else in the film that kind of points to this this quite forward-thinking strain of feminism yeah. uh, with regards to Disney films. To have a song smack dab, dab in the middle ignoring Anna's autonomy.
1: And also for, like, characters that are set up to be the quote-unquote love experts. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's being a love expert, seeing a man and a woman and going, you're a couple. You're together. (laughs) Clearly. Uh, Heteronormativity ruins everything.
2: (laughs) Which brings me... (laughs) 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 Sorry, what was... I missed that.
1: It's a heteronormative <laughs> podcast. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, we're starting a new one. It's um, mm. it's not going to be as successful, I think.
1: I don't think so. <laughs> no
2: uh, speaking of heteronormativity, uh, I want to talk about Elsa mm. because I, um, I 100% believe that Elsa's story is a queer allegory. Mm. And I, I, I need to uh, preface this. Uh, I... I have no authority to speak on behalf of the queer community or anything like that, um, but I, I can't help but watch this film and see somebody who is uh, ostracised f- from being who she really is, mm. told to conceal, don't feel, don't let it show, mm. don't let anybody know who you are. Yeah. And she and grows have up... And that
1: really negatively impact her.
2: Because mm. yeah. she grows up... Kind of terrified of her own identity, she grows up terrified of the thing that makes her unique. She isn't able to express it in uh, in a healthy way. She doesn't know anything about it, and then you have a bunch of people pointing at her saying, "You're a monster for being different to us," and it's only when her sister is like, "No, you're okay. You're my mm. sister, and I love you," that she is able to accept who she is and Thaw out of the closet, I guess. Mm.
1: Yeah, and the fact that um, you know the this eternal winter that she has put over her country, that uh, she doesn't know how to control, everything kind of thaws and becomes better once she has made peace with herself and accepted herself and um, and her relationships with others. Like it's like you've got to read a, a cre- queer coming out Absolutely. story into that. I right? really support this as a queer in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> Resident queer, friend of the podcast, (laughs) Josh Belperio. Winner of the the non-rigged bingo. Non-rigged. it wasn't rigged, (laughs) folks.
2: But I I think, uh, I mean, like, this kind of, like, superhero metaphor, or superpowers metaphor uh, for uh, disenfranchised people, like, you look at the X-Men in the 60s, that was kind of made in response to racism, uh, even though all of the characters in X-Men originally were all white, which doesn't really make sense. Um, So, like, There's, like, a historical precedent for people using this as a metaphor for some sort of discrimination. Mm. And I think it's impossible... Well, I find it impossible to watch Frozen without seeing uh, Elsa's queer narrative. And then they released Frozen 2, which is one of the queerest films I've ever seen without them saying that it's queer. Like, ah.
1: And additionally to that, um, she doesn't have a romantic interest at all. um, Which... A, I think, demonstrates that she is independent and powerful in her own right without having a significant other. Um, also, Ellis, you said that she is the only Disney princess who's actually been coronated and become yeah. a queen in the film. Is that correct? Y-
2: yeah. I, as, as far as I'm aware, she's the only one who's actually a queen during her film. Mm. Like, the coronation happens, what, 10, 15 Absolutely. minutes in? yeah
1: Absolutely. Um, and also um, there is the fact that for the you know, the absolute tiny morsels of queer representation that we see throughout Disney films, which is an absolute indictment on Disney. Um, we see this um, one tiny moment where they go into the, um, to see the guy who's selling the the summer wares, the Yoohoo Be Summer be blowout. Summer blowout. That guy. And he says, Oaken.
2: His name is Oaken. He
1: has a name, Oaken. Hello. Um, and we see him be like, Hi, family. And they're all in the sauna and it's kids and another man. And so we, You know take away from that oh it's a it's a queer family um so i read into all of this like yes there's this queer allegory there's um we see this one tiny like half split second of queer representation which is absolutely not enough um but it's it's there nonetheless and we see the fact that elsa doesn't have a romantic interest which because it's disney if she did would most likely be a man um I think that was as queer as fuck. Let it go! Fuck.
2: <laughs> she is, and like, you, you watch the Let It Go, go watch the Let It Go sequence. Like, as good, if, if you're sick of the song, uh, spoilers for what's coming up. But, um, <laughs> sorry in but, advance. <laughs> <laughs> but legitimately, go watch that sequence. One, it's beautifully animated, it's, it's absolutely stunning. But you can see her as she is accepting herself. She becomes, she looks happier she looks more like a person as opposed to this kind of pardon the pun like frigid frozen kind of stiff Mm. person who's trying to conceal everything that she is beforehand
1: yeah also sick costume change
2: oh that costume change is brilliant
1: we love it ellis does frozen pass the bechdel test
2: yes yes it does Mm. Yes, it really, really does. Yeah. Um, for <laughs>
1: those of you who aren't familiar with this concept, the Bechdel test is a test, that, uh, a feminist test that you give to a work. Oh,
2: congratulations. Hello,
1: second runner-up. Well done. Proud of you, congratulations.
2: Can we get a very half-hearted clap for third place? Very
1: appropriate. Thank you, Thank Thank you, you well so done, much well for done. that, everyone. Uh, so uh, for anyone who's not familiar with it, the Bechdel test is a feminist test that you give to a work um, like, really low bar, but it's, it's appalling how few pieces actually pass it. Um, so the test is that there are, in this work, two female characters who both are named, who have a conversation about something who, that isn't a man. And it is atrocious how few things actually pass this, um, but Frozen does.
2: But by, by lieu of having two female leads, who converse with each other. Like, their first conversation is about how they want to go out and play together. And... But,
1: Ellis, it's about a snowman.
2: Oh, (laughs) that's true. Frozen's cancelled, everybody. Wrap it up, Frozen's cancelled. I disagree. Ooh.
1: The first, like, of them together. It's, the sky's the way, so I um, went. to have to play. <gasps> and they've created a
2: whole world.
1: It's not just about the snowmen. They're playing and then they've created a character for them to bond together because they like warm hugs. Uh, please, please round, round of applause, applause, applause for Cat our... Rosen there. Kat, you've, you've put us to shame. <laughs> this is...
2: This is. We should get an audience every time. Just like everybody <laughs> just in my apartment, just, just kind of the fact checking. I, I really <laughs> like it. Yeah. It it happens in person and also at all, so that's <laughs> helpful.
1: Uh, yeah, So frozen. Bechdel test. Big ol. Huge, old huge tick. tick. Uh, Mimi, you had a couple of pitfalls
2: of the film. Yes, with th- regards to uh, conventional beauty standards.
1: Yeah, I think if I have to clutch at straws to. Um, give some criticisms to this film from a feminist standpoint. Um, You know, we do have the... You aren't super pleased with the fixer-upper sequence and what that kind of represents.
2: You could say that song is a bit of a fixer-upper.
1: If you had... Ellis (laughs) makes a bad joke on your bingo, give that one a big old tip.
2: For the listeners at home, I believe that's called a standing ovation. (laughs) It's beautiful.
1: Uh, so I think if I had to clutch at straws to give this film some critiques, um, I think it would be the fact that, yes, you have two strong female leads who are very have diff- very different personalities and demonstrate strength and independence um, in different ways. But at the same time, these are two um, female characters who very much conform to conventional um, patriarchal beauty standards. The fact that they, they both are very thin and they're both very white and while I appreciate this is set in um, Scandinavia um,
2: it's also a made up country
1: this is true like, it's like, like I think it's based on Denmark right
2: yeah I mean the, the, the ice cream which is uh, Hans Christian Anderson so yeah. Danish yeah. thank you um, yeah, so... <laughs> Kat Rosen,
1: our, our <laughs> resident fact-checker, everybody.
2: <laughs> but Arendelle is a is a fictional country. So, yes. like, you, so you don't have to conform to what Hans Christian Andersen-era Denmark would have looked like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think that... Um, and I, I think this is true of the Disney canon in general and something that I do want to see more of across the board, the fact that we see... Um, Disney princesses and and female role models for children who don't um, fit the the cookie cutter of being thin and white and and pretty like more more diversity because because beauty is so much more diverse yeah. than that I think we um we need broader representation in that regard but
2: also if you look at all the the designs of the male characters they are all so different from each other you have like Kristoff is kind of big and, and bulky. Hans is more svelte. You have the, the Duke of Weaseltan. <laughs> uh, <you have laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You also have uh, like Olaf and Sven. Like they are, they are still male presenting characters who have very unique, different designs. And, and also I guess another pitfall is um, Anna and Elsa are kind of the only female characters in the piece. And mm. they are surrounded by and aided on their quest by a bunch of men, even Oaken, at the at the <laughs> shop. Um, and all of their designs are very different, so it stands out when you have our, your your two female leads, and they they do look very similar yeah. and very conventional.
1: Yeah, and like they have different uh, color schemes. I've got to say, our uh, our Anna and Elsa mugs are very different. Mine is pink, Elsa's is blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have different hair colors, but <laughs> uh, yes, the diversity. Um, amongst the female characters, I think, is, is lacking.
2: So, I think we've reached that point in the conversation. mm mm-hmm. Mim? Yes, Alice? Are we going to rate or ruin Frozen? Oh, Actually, before we do that, audience, mm. call out, rate uh, or wait, ruin? Wait,
1: wait, wait. I don't think oh, this no, is going to work. Um, can we have some house lighting, please, Luke?
2: Ooh. Oh, thank you hello, so much.
1: Um, Hi. So... Hello. Uh, if you are somebody who wants to ruin Frozen, can you give us a bit of a woo? <laughs> yes, I thought as much. And if you are somebody who thinks that we are going to fall very much on the rating from a feminist perspective, Frozen twenty thirteen, can you give us a woo? All right, incredible. I think that's incredible. definitive, and I would agree with the audience. That I think we absolutely rate Frozen.
2: A hundred percent. Not not just on a feminist level, but the film's frickin' great. Oh yeah, it's awesome. Like it's so good. I, uh, so we we're here at the the wonderful Star Theatres. I used to teach singing here for for uh, a few months, uh, and when I met the the students for the first time. I went around and did the, the getting to know you game, and I'm like, uh, what's your name, uh, how old are you, and what's your favourite Disney movie? And when I told them that I really loved Frozen, a bunch of them just started calling me Elsa for the entire time I taught. I, I honestly don't think they know my name.
1: I mean, your name is Ellis. It's very similar it's very to close. Elsa.
2: It's very close, but I did not complain about it No, all. absolutely not. it was great. Yeah.
1: So... To give a bit of a recap and to put our rating in perspective, um, we've got two strong female leads um, who are absolutely independent, forge their own paths, um, demonstrate strength and autonomy in their own ways. We see the love between sisters trumping romantic love and we see um, a strong female lead who doesn't get coupled up with a man by the end of it and is um, a princess, actually a queen in her own right without having to have a king.
2: And and I wonder if that comes down to one of the things that we mentioned at the beginning, having more female creatives behind the film Mm -hmm. leads to more of these things... (gasps) <gasps> oh
1: That is the 10-minute mark, folks. Uh, Luke, thank <laughs> you so much for that very not subtle uh, thank you so cue. They really appreciated it.
2: Those lights were literally blinding. That was wonderful. It's blinding.
1: <laughs> That's a different Disney movie. <laughs> um, so, folks, thank you so much for um, being here with us this evening. I've had an awesome time for our first ever live podcast recording. Yeah, You have been an awesome audience. You're all
2: amazing. i I, w- I, d- I don't know about you, Mim, I was really nervous back there because I'm like, I usually get to edit out all the times that I sound like an idiot, and, and now I don't get to do that. you still will.
1: But <laughs> these guys got to hear it raw and unedited.
2: Exactly. That's what we love doing here. Mm. Um,
1: S- yeah. So, Ellis, I have a question for you. If, if Elsa were here today with us... Well, I mean, she is because that's your nickname, apparently. Oh, that's, that's who I am. Um, if, if Elsa were here today... Um, what do you think her response would be to patriarchal beauty standards and expectations of women and misogyny and sexism in our everyday lives? What do you think that she would say to that?
2: I feel like she would have some sort of phrase, uh, a really kind of snappy way. Really of concise, like, like couple like, syllables, uh, yeah. I wish to release all of these... Uh, awful tethers that bind me to mm. where I am. Something mm, like just so that. Something a bit snappier. Little um, snappy. That was pretty snappy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> else, I think that she might say let, let it, it go. go. <laughs> and we are going to do just that. <laughs> Did you think that you were going to come to a live podcast recording with two singers uh, on your stage and not hear a rendition of Let It Go? Absolutely not. You were mistaken.
2: This song has won an Oscar. And quite frankly, good reason. It's a great song.
1: Ellis Dolan on guitar, everybody.
2: Stop it. Stop it. Just really so, stop Give it. me a good old quick strum there just to make sure it's working. Oh, it's working this time. It's great. working? Carry on. Nothing happened. Heaven knows I've tried. Don't let them in, don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know. Well, now they.
1: Let it go, let it go You'll, You'll never see me cry Here I stand And here i stand. stay Let the storm rage on My power flurries through the air My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around.
2: And one thought crystallizes like an icy blast. I'm I'm never going back.
1: The past is in the past. bother me anyway. Thank you so much everybody. Thank you, you all. Awesome. <laughs> See you later. Bye.
2: Quick round of applause. Thank you very much. Luke you, on lights and sound. Give it up for Millicent. Sir.
1: <laughs> and Ellis Dolan everybody. Thank you so much guys. Um, check out the rest of the Back to Back Festival. You've been an awesome audience. I see you on the podcast. Take Bye. Out, <laughs>